You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Falato, joined as always by Chris Flum. And Chris, it's football time. Thursday night football is going to happen tonight. The Bills traveling to the Rams, and you know what that means. Sunday is right around the corner when our New York football giants go down to Nashville and they play the Tennessee Titans. Chris, how excited are you? You know, I am. Not just for football to be back, but Ozzy Osbourne's playing the halftime show. I mean, come on, it's Ozzy. Yeah, I would never have ever thought anything about the halftime show or Ozzy Osbourne or anything like that. But that's a very Chris Flum type of take right there. <laughs> well, you know, but, he's approximately a million years old, and you know, he, but he still has a new album coming out. So we have to take note. Yeah, hide your bats, I guess. But we're going to roll right into this little quick breakdown of the Tennessee Titans that we have coming up. Because the Titans, man, we know what their philosophy is. We know what their identity is. It revolves around Derrick Henry, an absolute beast of a human being. This is somebody who can run right through your face. This is someone who can put his foot in the ground and explode, get north to south, has really surprising lateral agility for a man of his size. Wink Martindale waxed poetic about Derrick Henry and his ability to just run through defenses. I mean, Wink Martindale knows full well how good Derrick Henry can be from their times playing each other when he was the Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator. And remember back in the playoffs when Tennessee eliminated the Baltimore Ravens back in the day, I, can't, I think that was 2019, if I'm not mistaken. But anyways, how scary is this and how much of a daunting task is this, Chris, for the Giants with Micah McFadden as a rookie linebacker having to square up against a player like Derrick Henry? And McFadden won't play a huge role, but this is still you know, petrifying. You talk about, you know, trial by fire because he's probably going to play a solid amount of snaps and then Tate Crowder will be out there as well. But man, Derrick Henry is a, is a scary dude to go up against for your first NFL game. Yeah, man. Talk about a welcome to the NFL moment. Yeah. Derrick Henry really is kind of the heir to Brandon Jacobs when it comes to industrial sized running backs who can make their own holes, especially once they get to the second level. And that's kind of what we talked about when we talked about the the under-the-radar players who need to step up for this Giants defense. And we talked about the A-gap defenders, whoever that's going to be. Those guys are going to have to step up to keep these linebackers clean because while the Giants didn't have a whole lot of missed tackles last year, tackling Derrick Henry when he is healthy and if he has a head of steam, that is... That is a hell of a lot easier said than done. Yeah, but I think the thing I'm really going to be interested in, in this matchup and in this game in general, is what the what effect the loss of A.J. Brown will have on Ryan Tannehill, 
Titans quarterback and also Derrick Henry, because we do know the running game and passing game, they go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. And I think it's pretty interesting because Todd Downing is the offensive coordinator. And like I said, they love to run the football and that sets up their play action pass. And last season, Derrick Henry only played eight games, but after Derrick Henry left the Tennessee Titans on the whole of the season still ranked fifth in the NFL in rushing yards per game at 141 rushing yards. They were still able to effectively run the football. Now they lost Roger Saffold in free agency, which is a big loss to the interior part of their offensive line. Guys like Taylor Lewan are now a year older so that that could possibly affect the overall effectiveness of their offensive line. But you're right, Chris, losing AJ Brown as that horizontal intermediate and vertical level threat off the play action pass that could really affect this team. And you're relying on Traylon Burks, who is an interesting rookie, but not a fully polished product quite yet. And there's been a lot of negativity surrounding him coming out of Titans training camp. I'm fascinated to see what Ryan Tannehill and Todd Downing can do. Now they get the New York Giants, their defense. I mean, they just lost to their middle linebacker. There's not a lot of certainty in the secondary right now beyond a Dory Jackson and Xavier McKinney and Julian Love. So maybe they can be exploited. But I think the Giants there could be a little window here where they could take advantage of an offense who is also in flux. Yeah. And a lot of it really will depend on what Ryan Tannehill does in this offense without AJ Brown with a returning Derrick Henry, because Tannehill hasn't gotten a lot of attention. In fact, I think a lot of giants fans tend to look down on him. I think they formed their opinions on him back when he was in, that mess in Miami with Adam Gase, the confirmed quarterback killer. But since taking over the reins in 2019 with the Titans, Ryan Tannehill has actually been one of the best quarterbacks, or at least one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the NFL, just of quarterbacks with at least 800 passing plays. So in that time period, there were only 26 of them. Outside of garbage time, Ryan Tannehill ranks third. He is just behind Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and just ahead of Deshaun Watson and Joe Burrow in terms of just overall efficiency and success as a quarterback. He really has been a lot, lot better than he has gotten credit for. But that was also with A.J. Brown, who has been one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. (laughs) It was with A.J. Brown, and now they get Robert Woods, who was a year, not even a year removed. This is his first year off of the ACL that he suffered last year when he was a member of the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. He comes to town. You have Traylon Burks. You add Austin Hooper to be your tight end, and he's, you know, I feel I felt like Austin Hooper was a solid receiving tight end when he was with Matt Ryan in Atlanta, but he wasn't really used that way in Cleveland. It was more of a blocker, and that kind of fits the philosophy of what Todd Downing wants to do. I think the main priority for the Giants defense, and this is not a hot take or anything like that, is you have to find a way to stop the run. You have to find a way to clog up those interior gaps. You have to find a way to anchor down against those offensive linemen and not give Derrick Henry any space. Because Derrick Henry, like we said, he's big, he's physical, but he's quick, man. He's very light on his feet for a due to his size. And if he gets a crease, he can hit it and he can go. And best of luck to the Giants safeties and secondary pieces and tackling him in open space, man, when he's fully healthy. Because that dude is a hoss. Yeah, I I think we're definitely going to see the Giants stack the box against this running game, which is something the Titans are kind of used to. 
last year, Dante Foreman faced a stacked box, eight plus men in the box, 46% of the time, almost 47% of the time. Derrick Henry, he faced it 36% of the time. Those were two of the highest marks of any running back with any number of carries in the NFL last year. And this team was still successful running the ball. They've got good schemes. They've got good players. Now, as you said, they've lost Ryder Saffold. That's a, that is definitely a blow to their offensive line, but yeah, this is just a good, solid all around football team with an offense that might not be explosive. They might not put up the, the, video game numbers that we saw from the Rams or the Bengals or the Chiefs. But this is a good, solid offense that gets the job done. And I think one area where the Giants can possibly exploit the Titans offense is on that offensive line, because you have Dylan Redunds, a second round pick out of North Dakota State last year, who's going to have to start at right tackle. He was not ready to really play last season. And I wasn't as high on him as others were coming out of that draft. And then at left guard, you're going to be playing Aaron Brewer. He's like a really young, former undrafted guy who's pretty undersized. I don't even know if he's 300 pounds, or at least when he entered the draft, he wasn't 300 pounds. He has like six career starts to, to his name, and he has to replace Roger Saffold. So, I mean, I like Ben Jones. Nate Davis seems like he's an okay player. Taylor Lewan, he's a good player when he's on, but he always plays dinged up. But between Aaron Brewer and Dylan Redunds against, you know, guys like Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, they could maybe exploit that own the point of attack and then make things a little bit more difficult for Derrick Henry in the interior part. But you know how the Titans are going to combat that, Chris. There's going to be a lot of play action bootlegs, play action rollout, use Ryan Tannehill's ability to move, scoot, and then find throwing windows going across the defense. And you're going to have backside over crossing routes from guys like Robert Woods, maybe even Traylon Burks. And I also think Kyle Phillips, the slot rookie that they got out of UCLA an early early on day three, I think he's probably going to factor into this game plan and be annoying as well. Yeah, and if the Giants do wind up having to stack the box to slow down this running game, that's going to put this secondary on a whole bunch of islands. You're going to have... Dory Jackson on an, on an island, former Tennessee Titan. So, you know, he gets a, a reunion game. If I, I don't know if it's a revenge game. He's, he claims he doesn't have any hard feelings over how that went down. But then you also have Aaron Robinson, who, you know, we're kind of curious to see what he does in the regular season after a, we'll say, roller coaster of a preseason. And then, you know, we've got the questions at slot with Darnay Holmes, Cordell Flott in safety with, Xavier McKinney and Julian Love, the, the Giants have some good solid pieces, but they also have some pieces where if you're going against a quarterback who has played as well as Ryan Tannehill and everybody's on an island, you kind of have to at least raise an eyebrow. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. 
Real Traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And moving on to the defensive side of the football for the Tennessee Titans. They had a huge blow last week when Harold Landry tore his ACL and he'll be out for the season. That is their premier pass rusher. I felt like the combination of Landry and Bud Dupree was one of the low-key pass rushing units at the edge position, especially when you compound that with Jeffrey Simmons in the middle, who is one of the best defensive linemen rushing the passer and against the run. He's going to give fits to the interior parts of the Giants offensive line, but I expect the Giants to really work the RPO game, really put these linebackers in a bind, read them, and then you know make them pay off of whatever decision they decide to make, and also just get Saquon Barkley going. I think it's going to be a hefty amount of Saquon Barkley in this game. Yeah, especially considering the the weather. It's supposed to be a 60 or 70% chance of rain, uh, potential for thunderstorms, which honestly wouldn't surprise me. It has been a hot, wet summer, and that usually makes for afternoon thunderstorms. So this could wind up being a very sloppy game that comes down to the offensive line versus the front seven, and whichever team wins that battle could come out ahead in this game. And like you said, losing Landry is a massive blow to the Titans defense. He had 12.0 sacks last year. That was one of the highest in this in one of the highest totals in the NFL. And the Titans had a fairly prolific pass rush with I believe it was 43 sacks on the season. Losing more well sorry losing 12 of those sacks is quite a bit but as you said they're getting bud dupree back he had a late season acl tear with the pittsburgh steelers in 2020 it took him a while to come back from that he had to deal with it a knee sprain partway through last year he only had three only three sacks last year i kind of expect him to round back into form. And then you've got Jeffrey Simmons, who is just a beast and one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. And also Danico Autry on that defensive line. So the Giants rebuilt kind of banged up offensive line. They're going to have their work cut out for them as well. And this will be the second time Andrew Thomas sees Bud Dupree. If we remember Andrew Thomas played against Bud Dupree in his first game. That was somewhat of a trial by fire for Andrew Thomas, who actually looked really good in week one back in 2020. It was a lot of the other games to ensue where he seemed to struggle. And the way this team gets pressure, they don't blitz, you know, six. They don't have that Wink Martindale type of philosophy, but they're a big simulated pressure type of team. And what I mean by simulated pressure is usually an end man on the line of scrimmage, somebody who initially before the snap, you think he's going to come on the blitz. You think he's going to rush the passer. He drops into a coverage and then somebody else comes on a blitz that you originally did not account for on the in the pressure package, like a nickelback or a linebacker. So typically simulated pressures, there's only four rushing. 
but you just don't know which four. And then somebody who you think is rushing drops off into coverage. And this is a defense that loves to run simulated pressures, and they have a lot of success doing it. And Shane Bowen is going to do that probably at the rapid to really confuse Daniel Jones. I expect a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones early, and it's going to be on Daniel Jones and Brian Dable to make the Titans pay for their aggressiveness. Yeah, and it will be interesting to see how the Titans secondary holds up on paper. They have, they have a collection of players that could finish the season as one of the best secondaries in the NFL. You know, they've got Kevin Bayard, 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 Bayard at safety. And he's the old man of this secondary at 28, but he is a, he is a good safety back there, but up at the cornerback position, They've got Christian Fulton, who is a 2020 second round pick. They've got Caleb Farley, who is coming back from an injury. He was a 2021 first round pick. Roger McCreary, who I believe will be their uh, third cornerback. He's a 2022 second round pick. He's a rookie. You've got Elijah Molden, who was a 2021 third round pick. There is a bunch of very potentially very good players in this secondary, I believe Christian Fulton has matured quite nicely into a, a real true CB one out there. But again, he was drafted in 2020. I was a big fan of Roger McCreary, even with his arm length, but he's a rookie. Caleb Farley, big, long athletic freak, but he is effectively a rookie as well. So it will be very interesting to see how the Giants attack this secondary and how the secondary is able to respond. The one player where I'm like, if you could find the prototype cornerback in terms of size and athletic ability, it's within Caleb Farley, but can he put it all together and can he remain healthy long enough for him to reach that, the, the vast amount of potential that he had coming out of school when he was drafted out of Virginia tech, but we'll have to wait and see if that actually happens. And Chris, man, Adoree Jackson, that's not the only revenge game going on right here. Randy Bullock, too, man. You've got to respect Randy Bullock, the place kicker of the Tennessee Titans. Oh, man. I, I, absolutely. And I kind of forget that he is still in the NFL because he's been doing it for so long. And he is dependable out there, which it's possible this game could come down to a kicking battle if it winds up being as sloppy as it could be out there if neither team is able to get traction on offense and both of these defenses assert themselves we could have randy bullock versus graham gano for the week one win i'm gonna take graham gano on that one but you know randy bullock shout out giant great right there anyways chris before we get out of here you wrote a story in big blue view about one russell wilson current quarterback for the denver broncos and how joe shane and the new york giants had interest in Russell Wilson before the Seattle Seahawks dealt him to Denver. Man, that's can you think and imagine the path of the Giants and how just incredibly different it is now that the Giants did not execute that trade, man? That would have blown up Giants Twitter and put the Giants into a totally different situation. Yeah, this was this was really kind of a footnote buried in a story written by Brady Henderson for ESPN about how the trade between Seattle and the Denver Broncos went down last year. And he just kind of notes, almost in passing, that once the Seahawks put Wilson on the trade block, 
they heard from a few teams. They heard from the New Orleans Saints. They heard from, which we knew about. We They heard from the Denver Broncos, again, which obviously happened. They heard from Washington, which was a thing we had heard rumored that Washington wanted to get their hands on Russell Wilson. They also wanted Deshaun Watson. But also we had heard rumors actually going back a couple years that the Giants were a potential trade destination for Russell Wilson. But it had always been just that, just rumors. And they'd come out sometime around free agency and then die down once the draft process really started rolling. Well, now we got conf- we got confirmation that the Giants did indeed call the Seattle Seahawks about a trade for Russell Wilson. Now, that those conversations never went anywhere. Uh, according to Henderson, Russell Wilson had his heart set on playing in Denver, which I can understand. The Denver Broncos have one hell of an offensive roster, and Pat Shermer runs a an offense that is not afraid to throw the ball. They, they, he would be happy to let Russ cook. And it is also a very quarterback friendly offense. So you can see why Wilson really wanted to go to Denver, but it's also kind of interesting that John Schneider, the Seahawks GM, he kind of had his heart set on drew Locke, And that was part of the trade compensation package for Russell Wilson. Now the, the hypothetical about what could have happened if the Giants had gotten deep into discussions with the Seahawks about Wilson, man, that is one, that is one hell of a rabbit hole to go down because you've got the trade compensation. Uh, What would it have, what would it have taken to get Wilson to New York? You have the potential path of the Giants suddenly having a Super Bowl caliber quarterback on their team and talk about a splash. You hire Joe Shane, his first GM gig ever. You hire Brian Dayball, his first head coach gig ever. And two months later, they're trading for one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Man, that would be a massive blockbuster. I'm wondering what Russell Wilson's catchphrase would be because he always has a catchphrase, you know, everywhere he goes, you know, like you always say, go Hawks. And now it's like, let's ride. I wonder what it would be here in New York. Yeah, I I have no idea. I'm sure he'd come up with something. I'm sure it, it would have been really good, smart branding coming to the Big Apple. Personally, I'm not great at that, so I'm not even going to speculate, but it would have I put been, you on the spot there. <laughs> yeah, you did. It would it would be very interesting to see Russell Wilson in this Brian Dayball, Mike Kafka offense. And we don't know what would have been left from the Giants roster because Wilson had a $24 million cap hit when he got traded. Would the Giants the Giants like almost certainly would have traded Daniel Jones as part of that compensation compensation package would they have also traded Saquon Barkley we, we know Pete Carroll loves him some some running backs and getting Saquon Barkley probably would have made him pretty happy but what about the rest of the roster you it would be very interesting to have seen and it's really fascinating to think about it it doesn't affect anything as far as this game coming up or the season as a whole is concerned but man is it it is just 
interesting to get confirmation on those rumors and also to think about what might have been. But one note that I did have to make in my piece is that last week, Joe Shane went to Ohio state, the Ohio state Notre Dame game. And he had to have at least one eye on CJ Stroud. I don't know how you go to Ohio state and not have an eye on CJ Stroud when you, or when your quarterback for next year is Tyrod Taylor. He's the only one under contract. He had both eyes on CJ Stroud and he should. And I'm also glad he, and I'm also glad he made this call too. And And I'm, you know, kind of glad that it didn't happen just because I think the compensation would have been a lot. The Giants would have had to find a way to clear up some cap. You're right. It would have been Daniel Jones. Could have been Saquon Barkley. In that trade, Denver gave up Noah Fant, who was a former first-round tight end. They gave up Shelby Harris as well. What was it? Two ones, a two, and a, and a fifth-round pick. So we're talking about a team that isn't necessarily the strongest in the New York Giants. You're talking about a lot of compensation getting thrown at a quarterback who I believe is now 34 or will be 34 years old. And I love Russell Wilson and I think he's great, but still, and another thing, Pat Shermer's not there anymore. It's Justin Outen as their offensive coordinator. And it will be within a Nathaniel Hackett's system. And and I also find it pretty like fascinating too, because what Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett have done over the last several years out there in green Bay is totally different than what Russell Wilson had success with in Seattle. I mean, like he was a big, like just moon ball thrower, you know, just a beautiful touch, deep passes down the field to Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. And I feel like Nathaniel Hackett is a much more like West coast, you know, two step, hit your back foot, fire the football, get it out of your hands. Not that Aaron Rodgers wasn't able to throw the deep pass. Obviously he was, he has one of the best deep balls in NFL history, but I just feel like from a stylistic standpoint, Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson, we just haven't seen those two things mesh yet. I think it definitely can happen, but I think it's a, something interesting to kind of monitor going into the season. You know, the, the Hackett move there, that is, I I honestly can't believe I forgot that because there were also the rumors that Denver, the Denver Broncos were going after Aaron Rodgers because of that link, man. ah, I am disappointed in myself there, but it, it really is interesting to think about what might have been, Because, yes, the Giants would have given up a ton, and it would have slowed down the rebuild. However, having a Super Bowl-caliber quarterback like Russell Wilson, that covers up an awful lot of blemishes on the rest of your roster. And I really do believe that while a franchise quarterback doesn't actually make the players around him better, he does allow them to play up to their full potential. And that is really, really valuable. I'm not going to compare Russell Wilson to Peyton Manning, but there wasn't a whole lot that changed between the Indianapolis Colts under Peyton Manning and then the Indianapolis Colts just before they drafted Andrew Luck. I think the duality of the decision-making there from Joe Shane, it's just crazy how much different this franchise would have been if he decided to go that route. But I think there are pros and cons to each route. And you have to look at the Giants roster right now. You probably wouldn't have had that fifth overall pick. Maybe you would have been able to keep the seventh, but you wouldn't have next year's first round pick. The Giants probably aren't going to be a good football team. You can argue with Russell Wilson. They would have been, but I just think it's a fascinating thing to kind of uh, speculate on because there was a lot of conjecture about that entire situation with Russell Wilson. And according to reports, I believe by ESPN, the Seattle Seahawks were looking to trade him after 2018. So it's been a weird situation up there in the Pacific Northwest. It, it really has been, but that also does kind of fit the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Love our listeners out there, but you know, 
but I also have to say that this does kind of put in perspective the standard for quarterback play that Joe Shane, Brian Dayball, Mike Kafka have set for the Giants. We knew the Giants didn't want to pay for an average quarterback when they declined Daniel Jones's fifth year option. They basically set it at $30 million or bust because it would take the, because that brings the quarterback franchise tag into the conversation for 2023. So we pretty much know that Jones either needs to play like a guy who has the expectation of becoming a franchise quarterback like CJ Stroud. That was Joe Shane's first scouting trip for the giants or play like a franchise quarterback like Russell Wilson. The only way Jones is going to be back next year is going to be on a short, short deal if he balls out where the Giants can probably get out of it after one year, similar to a Mitchell Trubisky with maybe a little bit more money. That's, I think, the only way Daniel Jones is here next year because of everything you just said. And this is a new general manager. And if you read the tea leaves, it doesn't seem like they want to keep Daniel Jones here. But if he balls out of his mind, I think they'll offer him that deal. And if he continues to ball out of his mind, then he'd get re-signed to a bigger contract. But a lot has to happen until then, Chris. But do you have anything else, my man? No, you know, I think we've done a pretty good job breaking down the Tennessee Titans, the potential matchups worth watching between them and the Giants where the game might pivot. And it, I'm not sure there's really much more we can say about Russell Wilson potentially maybe in some alternate reality in the multiverse being a New York giant. Alrighty, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on big blue view radio. Please head on over to BigBlueView.com. We have content daily just being slapped onto the website. Please go and check that out and subscribe, like, and comment on this podcast, man, that could do a lot for us in terms of the podcast world. And also just have a lovely day. This is the last time you're going to be hearing our voices on this podcast stream until the Giants and the Tennessee Titans square up. So please be safe, take care of each other and enjoy the game. Peace. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, mom. No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.